Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're a mystical man. Lead us through sacred land. In the magic. The magic of life. You're a shaman that leads other people to see in the magic, the magic of life. Be open to receive the magic of life. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go Within or Go Without Radio. I am your host, Daniel Gutierrez, and I first want to apologize if I sound like I'm holding my nose. It is a crazy, the, the, the pollen in the air. We had all this wonderful rain here in Southern California, and now we're paying the price. But that's okay. We will make it through today. Before we get going on this wonderful show today and, and our guest, I want to remind everyone that tomorrow afternoon at 6.30 to 9.30, um, I'm going to be partnering up with another transformational leader, Cynthia Reese. She's an author, professor, leading expert, and executive coach. We're going to be doing an event at the University of Los Angeles. Um, it's called Principles for Living a Successful Life. And just, just you know, I can already tell L.A. folks going, oh, it's by the airport. Oh, it costs money to park. All that stuff will be free. It'll be free to park. Um, of course, the traffic, I guess, is free, too. <laughs> but anyway, um, Join us. It's only $25. You can bring somebody for free. We're going to have a lot of fun. So we're going to be doing book signings. We're going to be talking about – and tomorrow is the first day of spring. So I'm really excited about that too. So um, anyway, let's jump into um, visiting with our wonderful guest today. This is a topic that that has all, always intrigued me, and and not only because of the topic, but because I uh, my animals – and I'm sure this is true about um, – a lot of people, but when my dogs, I have two dogs, a, a, a large dog and a little dog, but when they lock eyes with me, and, and it's like they're piercing into my soul, and, and, and the only thing I could do is, and, and my question is, is always, what are you saying? And I could almost hear them answering, well, stupid, I'm talking to you. <laughs> But anyway, today we have someone that's going to talk to us about animals, the afterlife, and reincarnation. Her name is Robin Fritz. She offers intuitive and spiritual consulting worldwide from her home base in Seattle, Washington. A certified hypnotherapist, which specializes in past life regression between life uh, regression and spiritual awakening and counseling. Robin is also a professional intuitive, a medium, space clearing expert, animal communicator, personal and business intuitive consultant, workshop leader, and inspirational speaker. She combines over 25 years of creative business experience with practical, intuitive insight to help people get the edge in their personal and business lives. Welcome to the show, Robin. 
Thank you, Daniel. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. So this is a uh, a topic that I've seen a lot of people on social media really get behind. Their, uh, you know, our animals, our pets, um, play such a big part of our lives, and you know, uh, people are wondering what happens to our animals after after they they pass, you know, into the other into the other life. Do they reincarnate? You're since you're an animal communicator and a medium, what do you say to this? What do you say to those people? Well, I first of all, I say they do have afterlives, and I I have to preface everything I say by saying I don't talk about anything I don't personally experience or know about. So my Good. experience with animals <laughs> and their lives with us and their afterlives starts with my own animal family and how they've come back to me even when I didn't know they were coming back to me. And in working with Mm. clients, I work a lot with the dying process. So I will have clients come in and sit down, and they want to talk about, is it time? Is it time to let go? And and sometimes that's a gray area, and it's never a question I answer for them. It's a question I let them answer with their animals, in facilitating what I call a happiness talk with their animals. So um, while they're talking about their dog or their cat's issues currently, which are leading up to dying, which they know is happening, the question is when will it happen and then what happens? Um, People really, you know, it isn't just the loss of losing an animal. It's in our in our culture right now, we are experiencing living with animals as family members, and that I think has made the entire difference in how we look at them and how we view what happens with them in the afterlife. As a medium, I work with my dad in the afterlife, and um, we work with both humans and animals, and it's my privilege to actually see what these beings that we've lived with, you know, actually do in the afterlife? And the answer is they do the same thing that we do because they're souls. They're souls that have chosen animal bodies to do the particular work they chose here on the planet. And then their next experience is to go into the afterlife and figure out what they're going to do next. I love what you just said. Um, Donald Walsh, Neil Donald Walsh wrote a book called The Soul. I forgot what the, the little son or the little soul. And he does talk about inner, uh, beings of energy that incarnate into these human forms to learn something, to figure something out. And what you're saying, and it's, of course it would make perfect sense, but I never thought of it this way, is that it doesn't matter what that being decides to reincarnate into it's still a, an energy being before it comes into this either animal form or human form, right? Right, exactly. Is that what you're saying? It's a soul. It's a soul. And um, right. I always laugh when I when I talk about this with people because you know I say like, well, um, do you believe in reincarnation? A lot of religions and cultures do. A lot do not. And you know. It, it doesn't really matter because, in my experience, souls right. do whatever they want, regardless of human dogma, <laughs> and everything has a soul. Right. <laughs> and you right. know, as demonic, 
Well, you know, as a shamanic person, everything is alive. And the mindset yes. that I yes. teach when I work with people with their intuition or whatever is that everything is alive, everything is conscious, it is equal to us, it has a soul, it has a job to do, responsibility, free choice, and an attitude. And um, all the beings I know really have attitudes, opinions about things. And when we look at that, then we we recognize that you know our animals are just souls and bodies. They're not any better or worse than we are. There are some cultures that say, well, um, they'll recognize a being that used to be a, a human in an animal body, and they'll say, oh, that's that's punishment for something they did. And it's like, no ha- animals. There's nothing higher or lower on the scale than we are. We're all on the same scale. It's a question of what did they choose to do in that lifetime. And in observing, I've had animals all my life, but um, this is the five-year anniversary of losing my soulmate, my first Cavalier King Charles Spaniel Murphy. And I'm moving on 20 years, almost 20 years of living with dogs and cats in a different way than I did before. And that's where I came to the conclusion that, you know, for eons now, and we, we just talked right before the show, animals have been with us forever. They have. They've been food or they've been survival source. You know, they've been, we paired up to survive together. That was ancient necessity. But we've learned up from that. We've learned up to heart and soul growth. And so that's why people are now starting to talk about actually living with their animals as family members. And that's where everything changes. That's where you look at them and go, oh, well, you deserve the same respect and consideration as the human members of the family. What is it that you came here to do? And um, and then what? Um, it it uh, can be fascinating. My My animal family, my dogs have always been the same soul. And even when I didn't you know, know they I- were reincarnating, they were the same soul. Once I became uh, aware enough, I won't say skilled enough, because everybody is skilled enough to recognize souls. It's a matter of whether we're aware of it. Once I became aware right. of it, I realized that all my dogs in my entire life have been the same soul. And, so um, and that's some, what my little uh, book is about, is finding this my, my dog, Oliver, when he announced that he was coming back, then sending him to a breeder to be born and then finding him in five litters of puppies when all of them were 2,000 miles away from me. <laughs> like, right. oh, my gosh. But yes, they do come back, but not always. Is, is there some truth then? And I think about this because I know a lot of people who have uh, uh, animals that are part of the family and, and stay inside. But is there some truth into this comment? And the comment is, my animal thinks he's a human. By the way he or she acts. You kind of look at that animal and wonder how they would know to do what they do. Is there any truth to that? I, I'm just go, I'm getting crazy now because I'm thinking. I look at my I look at my dogs and I go, "You're sitting down like you're a human. <laughs> you're not well, a human. You're a dog." <laughs> two things about that. One is that they learn from us, so it's learned behavior. Okay, that's that's fair. So they're looking at us and mimicking our behavior, or we've trained them to sit down and look at us. Um, another thing right. is that you're a very strong empath yourself, 
and you're looking in there, right. and you are recognizing that soul connection. And to you, it doesn't matter that they're in a dog body. And third, all of my dogs in my lifetime were in a human body the first time I knew them in this lifetime. Got it. And I know that sounds shocking, <laughs> but this human was <laughs> part of my childhood. And I recognized the soul by seeing the eyes. By looking in the eyes like you were talking about. I recognize the soul. That's why I told the breeder, yes. you need to see his eyes. But, in fact, I didn't. All I saw was a puppy picture and a pile of puppies, and my eye went straight to that puppy. I just didn't trust myself for a number of weeks to say, that one is mine. But um, I don't know how often that occurs. This soul that I live with, who's in my dogs, is in the lives of all the children that grew up in my neighborhood when I was a kid. It's human. It's animal. It's the most active, most evolved soul that I have ever known. And sometimes I think it might take a soul that's that old and that accomplished to do all those different things. Um, but can they be other? Can they be human? Sure. But they can also have. They can also mimic us. And it's you know it's their choice um, to explain choice. I would go back to um, my dog, Murphy, who died five years ago. And, and after she died, we talked. And I said, um, are you going to come back to me? You know, And she said, do you want me to? And I said, you know, I'd never ask you that. And this is what I tell my clients. Never, ever ask them to come back to you because we could be, right. interfering. We could be interfering in their soul choice. And souls that take right. animal bodies especially animal companion bodies, those bodies tend to do what we want them to do. They tend to serve us. And that's where people get mixed up and say animals are teachers and healers and there are gurus and there are whatever they are. It's a tremendous burden to put on anyone to, to be there, to be your teacher and healer. Animals are, are there um, they certainly mirror our actions, so if we're angry, they'll cringe. Um, but they chose those bodies for a specific reason, not always to be with us, but for a specific reason. And by asking them to come back, we're, we're asking them to not look at what their next life choice would be. Now, humans, we, we know this as a, as a fact, those of us who are spiritually I don't want to say spiritually oriented, but who are aware that the afterlife exists because we work with it every Evolved. day <laughs> as medium. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to be a medium. My dad kept showing up and going, Hey, we got all these dead people we need to work with. And I'm like, dead people are so boring. They're dead. Turns out they're, they're not dead. boring at all. They have pretty fascinating things to say, <laughs> but humans rest up and then they go to a life review and then they decide what they're going to do next. So do souls that were in animal bodies. When I left Murphy's Choice to her, she chose not to come back. She had very painful time with arthritis, and she works between dimensions and portals. So she works with me in my multidimensional work with other beings from different realms. And she's perfectly content remaining in the afterlife or in the spirit form, and she's, she's waiting for me. The the soul that the other part of that soul that was my dog Alki um, popped right back again after he died. 
he died in 2014 and was reborn in October of 2015. And, and he was born in my dad, um, he was with my dad, and he popped into my head. Now, I recognize the soul, even from the afterlife. He popped into my head and said, hi, my name's Oliver. And I knew right away I was getting a puppy, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting a puppy. That was January, but it was May when I realized it was Alki, my dog, with his memories intact coming back. Wow. Now that's different, wow. and I was freaked out about that because he had died. <laughs> well, he died traumatically, right. and I was afraid he was going to bring PTSD back with him because I had PTSD from what happened to us. So I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And um, he was very clear. Um, my dad, my dad actually laughed about it. He said, "Robin, why are you questioning his choice? You're the one that talks about free will." And I go, "Well, in theory, <laughs> in theory, that <laughs> he could be, you know, right. traumatized." And Dad said, "You said, you said very clearly, this is going to be my last dog." And Alki heard that and said, that's it, I'm out of here. And that's how quickly and easily wow. they can choose to come back to us. And he did, and then right. he had to explain himself because I was worried. And he said, very clearly, he said, my work was not done. I didn't finish what I set out to do. And the only way I can finish that is by being in a dog body with you. So I said, mm. fine, come back. Come so, on back. You know, I love it. But, you know, when people so folks, sit down with me and they talk with about their animals, and, you know, that's my story. But, you know, there are many, many stories of people and asking about, you know, what are their animals going to do next. And, and sometimes it's really quite humorous. And um, I remember an occasion we had a family here, and they were getting ready to let a cat go. And the cat, you know, is just not going on his own. Um, for one reason or another, sometimes, you know, you just just have a hard time separating from the body. So they just wanted to know, is it time? Is he ready? What what can he talk to us about? What can he tell us about? And and it was clear that he was ready. Um, so I, I, I had the happiness talk with him. I said to the people, tell me, tell me fun stories. Tell me what you liked about him. Tell me what you loved about him so that he can hear you. So they would tell stories about, you know, what he enjoyed. And so then I said to the cat, I said, well, tell me, um, what what did you enjoy about being a cat? What was fun for you? And the cat showed me running across the room and doing backflips. And it had done it for <laughs> eight, ten years. And I said that to the family, and they laughed, and they said, yeah, yeah, he did do that. And he did do that for about eight to ten years. And he, I said, well, he's telling me he was inspiring, trying to inspire you. And she laughed. She goes, he did. Well, the woman was a choreographer. Uh-huh. And her cat was demonstrating moves for her. And, and then he's bugging me. Now, this is where the conversation gets delicate because he's saying, you know, I think I want to come back as a dog. Can I come back? Can you ask her if I can come back as a dog? Can I come back as a dog? And I'm thinking... You're not even dead yet. This is an awkward situation. <laughs> You're not even dead yet, you know. So how do I broach the conversation yeah. with people? And I go like, 
So um, are you thinking perhaps of getting another animal at some point? And the woman looks at me and she goes, I've always had cats, and yet this time I just can't help it. I just have the strongest feeling that I want to get a dog. There you go. There you go. So they're thinking I, I want to be a dog next, and you're thinking maybe I'll get a dog this time. And, and they do find their way back to us. They don't always because that isn't in their plan. And I can tell you from personal experience, the hardest thing in the world to hear is a beloved soul in your animal telling you it's not coming back to you, that it has something else to do. Mm. Mm. And that's I guess what that's you have true about to everything, isn't it? It's yes, you know. And when Murphy said that to me, I cried all over again, and she cried too because that was her decision, and she knew I was going to honor it. I wasn't going to ask her to come back. I wasn't because that's almost like forcing them to come back, and it was her choice. And right. Um, right. You know, I still see her and I still talk with her, but you'll never get your arms around their bodies again, and that's the hard part of loss and life. In fact. You know, grief right. is a part of living with animals, I've decided. It's it's a constant. It's Their lives are shorter. It's That's the way it is. Right. So we have about nine minutes left, and okay. I want to make sure we answer this one, one question okay. uh, for the audience, and that is, what do you say to people who have animals that are dying right now? I say to them, my heart goes out to you because I know what you're feeling. Um, grief is really love, isn't it? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's what happens. It is. It's what happens with the human-animal bond. And I tell them to, <clears throat> to sit down with their animals and tell them what's happening. Please tell them what's happening and tell them why. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to animals and, t- and they thought the reason they were dying was something else entirely. You could relieve their anxiety by telling them they didn't accidentally kill themselves, for example. So tell them they're dying. Mm. Tell them what's happening to them. Tell them you did the best you could and you can't, you can't make a change. And wish them a happy afterlife and tell them you'll always love them. And ask them how they want to die, you know. And Murphy wanted to walk the mystery. She wanted to experience it. And so we didn't operate for the cancer she had because it wasn't going to save her anyway. It was just going to make, you know, the last month. Give me an extra month, but give her an extra month of pain and suffering. I gave her the choice. And she chose not to have surgery. And those last six weeks with, with her were beautiful. So if you know your animal is dying, celebrate that with them. Spend the time with them that you can. Talk to them. Tell them how much you love them. And tell them it's okay to go. And that will make the transition easier for both of you. And, um, and when it's over, um, <clears throat> urge them to move on. Tell them to go to their afterlife, to, to not hang around, to not stay, stay with you, that you'll be okay. And urge them to move on into their afterlife. They have spiritual teams just like we do. So tell them why they're dying. Live the goodbye with them. Just make those moments precious and sacred. Make them fun. You know, you're going to be angry and upset. And tell them you're angry and upset because you don't want them to die. But, you know, you're human and 
and their animals, and you have that soul bond, and that love that carried you together is going to carry you through that. And I know what it feels like. It's horrible. Um, But it's what happens to the human-animal bond. We've chosen to live our lives with animals, and grief is part of that. But it can be beautiful, too. Yeah, you know, uh, yesterday um, I've been reading the book The Shack, because I'm, you know, I've read it before, but I, I'm going to be going to see the movie, and I decided to read it. And there was this one little thing that popped out at me yesterday, and it said, "Emotions are the colors of the soul. They are spectacular and incredible. When we don't feel, the world becomes dull and colorless." And you know, one of the things that I've always taught is that we don't escape our humanness, and that's really what you're saying. We don't, we don't escape that. Emotions are part of our experience, and we need to learn to be with them and feel them, but not get stuck in them. And, exactly. and I think that, you know, having just had my mother pass away, it's it's the same experience. It is. Um, loss is loss. Loss is loss. Soul is soul. And and everything that you were saying about letting people move on, not not continuing the tether, um, because then then that's when you have souls that are that are needing help uh, because they get tethered to us and we don't let go for them to go on and do whatever it is that they need to do. And I think it's really important uh, that, that we understand um, that and that we, that we allow ourselves to, to see emotions as the color, the color that adds that, that beautiful uh, gift that the universe gave us in order to, uh, experience our lives differently. So thank you for saying that. I think it's important for people to know that. Uh, and if you are uh, in presently um, losing an animal or even a person, you know, one of the things that <clears throat> that came out of my experience with my mother, uh, uh, it was just a month yesterday, is um, what I call today radical mindfulness. And that is don't get caught up in yesterday or tomorrow or even into your own selfishness. Be so present that you can experience the pain of that loved one or that animal and not get caught up in it. And when you can sit with your animals and you can sit with your loved ones and you can experience their struggle intently, you are given this beautiful gift of release that that you could never imagine. And so I think that that's what Robin's trying to say right now is, is if you do have a, uh, an animal that's um, passing or a loved one, um, it's part of life. Uh, and you know what? Nobody wants to hear that. I, never, I mean, the more times I hear that, the more times I want to almost put my finger in my mouth. But, but it's, it's, it is true. Um, it's and, true. And, and this, too shall, um, this too shall pass. And it can be yes, it it can be very beautiful. And you really, mm-hmm. you know, if you create a family with animals, you know you're going to lose them most likely much sooner than your human uh, family members. But um, it's a life you've chosen, and it's beautiful. And <clears throat> I wouldn't change the experience of of walking that mystery with Murphy for for anything, but more time with her in a healthy body. But you grow too. You grow in love. You grow right. in respect and kindness and compassion, and that makes the world better. Just in your little family, you know, growing out from that. But the other thing is, when they're gone, have a funeral for them. Really celebrate their life at that end, 
and um, you will help them move on. And, and the reason I became a medium is because my dad knew that there were dead dead people and animals that were stuck that weren't making it to the afterlife. And I know this is very controversial because a lot of mediums don't believe in it, but there are a lot of stuck right. dead out there. So don't let your animals or your humans get stuck. You know, urge them to find the afterlife and tell them that you'll be able to connect better with them. You know, continue to have conversations, continue to feel them around you when they safely transitioned, and you will be better too. But celebrate their lives with you while they're alive and after they're gone. And it's it's a beautiful thing. It's heartbreaking, but it's beautiful, and it's part of family life. And so I wish everyone that. Yes. Thank you. We're out of time. Uh, where do we find your, your little book? Where are we going to find it? Very Finding quickly, Oliver, we're, we're How and Why Our Animals Reincarnate With Us will be an e-book, so you can easily find it on Amazon after next week. All right. Number and if you want to learn more about Robin, folks, if you want to learn more about Robin, go to robinfritz.com, folks. Thanks so much for joining us today. I want to remind you of our Principles for Living and Successful Life. That's tomorrow, first day of spring, March 20th from 630 to 930 at the University of West Los Angeles. We want to see you there. We want to have some fun. We want to have just a good time. Next week, I'm going to be discussing a book called Meditation for Daily Stress, 10 Practices for Immediate Well-Being by Michael Piscal. I can't can't wait to have them. Until then, have a beautiful day. And let me be the first or the last to say, I love you. You're a Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.